This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC 288, Sterling vs. Hudo. Hit you with our segments, isn't he awesome, and we will call-outs. And last but not least, we will preview UFC Fight Night on ABC, Rosenstrike vs. Almeida. Here we go. Here we go. We are back. Full recap, full preview. Um, we haven't had a break in a while. It seems like they've all been full recaps, full previews, but uh, solid card over the weekend. Um, and looks like a decent card coming up, a uh, ABC card. So it's been a while. I was wondering if those were ever coming back, but we'll save those more when we get to them. We'll start things off as we always do with our take of the week. So, Ryan, as always, take us away. All right. Um Knees to a grounded opponent need to be allowed in MMA. Oh, my God. Al- I saw that. Dude, Aljo's, like, he. you can just tell now, like, the Peter Yan thing was not an accident. He's actually trying to bait his opponents in championship fights to kneeing him in the head and potentially winning by DQ. Like, he just sits there on all fours like a dog and, like, just waves back and forth in front of the person's head, like, trying just to, like, elicit a response to get... To get to get, to get KO'd by like a knee. Like his kickball. Yeah, exactly. And it's just an unfair advantage for, like, wrestlers. So then, like, if Cejudo... So then Cejudo kind of just has to lay on top of him because otherwise, like, if you go to strike, he jumps on a single leg. Like, if you try to start hitting him, he can complete the takedown and get you on your back. Or if you try to transition to your back, he's ready for that. He's just, like, trying to bait you, and it just puts it into a boring position where nothing happens, where... If Cejudo could just knee him in the head, then all would be, like, take that whole just boringness and just stupid stalling tactics that he uses just out of the game. And, like, I mean, look at all the strikes you can throw, and there's so many strikes that are thrown in UFC fights or MMA fights, every single every single card that are ten times more damaging than a knee to a grounded opponent. Like, I don't know, maybe... Definitely not. I'm like I'm not advocating for soccer kicks to the head of a down opponent, but a knee. Like, how much force can you get behind that? Like, definitely without a running start. Yeah, exactly. Masvidal can run across the cage and flying knee Ben Askren in the head, but you can't like knee a grounded opponent. Like, you can't even get close to the amount of force that that, that had. So yeah, and also the thing with that, he's the only guy we've seen doing that, and. Like MMA in general, especially the UFC's rule set, has found a way to outlaw like outrageously dangerous things but still make it look like a real fight when he's doing that it doesn't look like a real fight because it's like you can't it's like a cheat it's like a stalling tactic yeah exactly it's like in a real fight you would get smashed in the head by a knee or something or kicked or <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what the he's the only person we've seen ever do that yeah nobody else does it because i think I mean, every once in a while, you'll see somebody reach down. Tough put a hand out yeah. like, against the cage. But that's just like, I don't look at that as being like, that was like an obvious, you're already down, you might as well put your hand there type of thing. Uh, his is actually like abusing a rule set. Yeah, it, and it looks ridiculous. It looks stupid. and uh, it, it looks just, so dumb. It went yeah. on for so long, too. So dumb. Yeah, I mean, what, what would the rule be? Just knees to grounded opponents. One FC allows it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm all for it. Yeah, you can just knee a grounded opponent. Like, 
Yeah, like I said, you don't have to allow soccer kicks or whatever. But um, what if they make the rule as long as your hand is touching them, you're allowed to knee them? Because I think the reason you can't knee down opponents is because like they don't want somebody to run from across the ring, or like when you when you drop somebody, they don't want you to be able to just run up and super knee them. Because a guy actually did that, uh, and it wasn't even that long ago. Got like a running start knee to a hurt guy that was already hurt, um, and it was pretty pretty dangerous looking um i'm trying to find the video right now but i would say as long as you touch the as long as you're touching the guy you should be able to uh you should be able to yeah to with your not if as long as you're in arms reach or something yeah oh it was an lfa fight watch this this is a, this is what i think they're trying to this is what i think they want this is what i think they don't want i should say watch this knee So he hurts him. Oh, Jesus. And that was a totally illegal, too. Never never legal. Yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. But I'm for that. I think they can do that, too. That's <laughs> no more than Masvidal's power that he got on that knee versus Ben Askren. It's a fair so. price to pay. It was, just for reference, it was somebody West kneeing Boston Salmon, which is an insane name, but... Boston Salmon, east of it in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, he's still fighting. He's in LFA now, which is basically the UFC's minor league. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just wildly, wildly illegal knee. And I, that's what I think they don't. I think that's what they're trying to avoid hab- happening. But as long as you're – maybe if you have a hand on the guy, you should be allowed to knee him because you can't get, like, a running force and also touch the guy at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So I think they can make some uh, exceptions to the, the grounded opponent rules and it would – Or uh, maybe you're just allowed to knee Aljo because he's already gotten his free pass. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on now. Yeah, Aljo, my lock of the year came through. Everyone, I hope everyone listened to me. I knew it. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was back and forth. I think I finally settled on Aljo, but I can't. We'd have to review the footage. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll move on to my take and we'll get to that recap here in a minute. Uh, I have, uh, we, last week we said bare knuckle FC, there's no way they staged that Conor McGregor thing. Bit of an unreliable source, but according to Chael Sonnen, it was supposed to be Cowboy Cerrone, Mike Perry face off in the ring. Really? And Cowboy is going to fight bare knuckle? Yeah, that's apparent. Or at least it was going to be for the, he was going to tease it like he was going to. I don't know if he actually would. Maybe they're just going to gauge interest. I don't know. But according to Chael, it was supposed to be Mike Perry. Was, and he did say something about Cowboy. He mentioned Cowboy a couple times. But apparently he went off script when he called out Connor, and that's how that happened. Wow, so it was not planned. And So uh, Bare Knuckles night got, was even – they thought they were – imagine thinking you're getting Cowboy Cerrone and you get Connor McGregor. Yeah, that's just uh, – It doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. So – we were right. Uh, bare Knuckles' insane little streak continues, uh, and maybe Cowboy Cerrone's going to fight in Bare Knuckle. I could see him doing it. Yeah, I could too. Um, I mean, he's an idiot and a wild <laughs> man, and uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to go good and for him. he's on him. TRT, so he's, he's gotten jacked. So. Yeah, yeah, but I, I still think Platinum would destroy Donald Cerrone in, uh, oh, I think in so Bare too. Knuckle. So. I think so too, but he did beat Platinum in, uh, I mean, he armbarred him. He took him down and armbarred him, but... Yeah, um, can't do that in bare knuckle. Yeah, so bare knuckle FC, just uh, the the hits keep on coming for him. So, um, and maybe we're gonna have Cowboy Cerrone soon. So, anyhow, we won't waste too much more time on that. We'll move on to our recap for UFC two. What was it? I keep I cannot keep the numbers. Two eighty eight. Two eighty eight. Okay. 
UFC 288, interesting card. Um, some interesting f- surprises on the card that we'll get to. We'll start off with our main event, Eljo versus Cejudo. My biggest uh, takeaway here, Cejudo still got it, dude. He's still at the top of the division. Um, he still can fight with anyone. Yeah, he looked uh, – I thought he looked good. He, he definitely – I think it wasn't as perfect fight. There might have been a little bit of ring rust there. I think he should have maybe put a little bit more pressure on earlier. I mean, it's h- easy to say, like, hindsight 2020, because also Aljo does gas. So it was definitely fifth round was going to be the easiest for Cejudo to look like that in. But I think he still could have d- put, put the gas on a little bit more in earlier rounds, even tired Aljo out earlier and and maybe done a little bit more to sway some of those close rounds in the judges' scorecard. So, mm-hmm. and I guess like we both said, like both back and forth on kind of who we who do, you said. I think you said you you weren't sure who won. You were kind of it was fifty fifty. Came down to a split decision. In the end, it doesn't really matter who we think won the fight. It was like pretty much a robbery because it took one judge to give the fifth round to Aljo to swing the split split decision that should not have happened yeah it's pretty crazy so yeah so what happened is they two judges had it two to two going into the fifth round and one judge had it three to one sterling um two of those judges gave cejudo the fifth round one of them or the one that did not give it to him was the one that had it uh one of the ones that had it two two thus flipping the split decision to Sterling instead of Cejudo. It is absolutely insane. I, have, I actually did a little bit of research on it, so I went on to MMA decisions to find it. It was Derek Cleary was the, uh, was the judge that scored it. He had it 2-2 and scored the fifth round for Aljo, which is absolutely mind-blowing. I don't know anybody who, who thinks that fifth round went to Aljo. And I went on the MMA decisions. You know, they do the fan scorecards and whatnot, which mm-hmm. it, for it is what it is. But 94% of fans scored the fifth round for Henry Cejudo. And Derek, clearly a professional judge, somehow yeah. and scores the round for, for Aljo. Maybe he uh, – but you, you can't do this. Like, maybe looking – like, he has a scorecard, and then He's like, Cejudo oh, wins it. But yeah. he thinks Sterling wins, so he just, like, writes in Sterling on a round that – you know, a makeup and, call. Yeah, on a makeup call, but you can't do it. Like, if you have a 2-2, like, you got to score at the fifth round how the fifth round actually played out. And for as close of a fight as it was, that makes it just that, – that right there turns it into, like, a horrible robbery because you're scored round by round. So on two scorecards, Cejudo just had to win the fifth round to win the fight. Yeah, and he, he won the fifth round. And he did very clearly. So – it wasn't like it was a lopsided beatdown, and somehow the judges, all the judges, had a different saw something totally different. It was like when you break it down, score round by round, score by score. It was a robbery because it was a beatdown in the fifth round. It wasn't close, and somebody still gave it to Eljo to flip the to flip the scorecard. So it was my walk of the year. So I'm glad it came through, and I'm I've been saving all my luck for one that <laughs> one fight. Um, and I'm trust me, I'm well owed for uh one decision one bad decision to go my way but as close to a fight as it was and it could have gone either way like that was a terrible decision because it came down to a terrible call on one round yeah i i don't get it i don't get how the judging can consistently be this bad like i've like we've said in the past it didn't it was never perfect but it wasn't this bad it's like within the uh the last few years we've gotten just worse and worse judging and um we got some theories on how that, what that might be, but <laughs> yeah, um, forgot about that. Maybe we'll go into that at a later date. 
Yeah. We need to put some numbers behind uh we got an inside man. Not really, but we can't be out uh we can't be out making accusations with zero uh with zero we gotta make some spreadsheets first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we can make it look like we know what we're talking about. Percentages, numbers, you know, decimals. Exactly. So yeah, so that was an interesting fight again. I thought I thought it was close, but I and I bet I bet Sterling, but man, Cejudo still got it, and he's still. Uh, it sounded like he's maybe gonna fight again. I don't know. Yeah, he made it. He kind of left it up in the air, but it sounded like he wanted to. It sounded like he really want. He was really wanting to win this fight and fight, uh, fight O'Malley Volk. and then Volk, like which I think would have been awesome to see him fight Volk. Even though I think Volk absolutely smashes him, just to see. Triple C go get the, the chance to go C. for yeah against Volk, who is like you know, de- he'd definitely be the first time Volk would fight somebody shorter than him, I think. But um, he is also like double as wide as. Oh <laughs> man, that'd be a tough fight. And Volk's been fighting. Volk fought up at one fifty-five. Like man, that'd be a tough fight. But what do you think of uh, O'Malley versus Sterling? Because now I think. I mean, if if it stays standing, I, obviously Sean O'Malley has an advantage. I didn't think Sterling's striking looked very much improved. No, Sterling's strike is not any good, but I think I think he's going to be able to get O'Malley down. He's going to get that body triangle on him, and he's gonna he's gonna win the fight. I think he wins a, a decision against O'Malley probably um, if he doesn't submit him. I think O'Malley has decent jiu-jitsu, but um, I don't know if Aljo's able to get him down and put that body triangle on him for multiple rounds. Um, I think eventually he finds the sub possibly, or, or it goes to decision. I don't know, but I, I like Sterling, I think in that fight, but don't get me wrong. I mean, O'Malley, he's a, he's a dynamic striker and every round starts in the feet. So, I mean, Sterling is, uh, he's gotten knocked out before, right? So yeah, yeah. Going for a takedown on, uh, on, uh, Marlon Marais. Yeah. All right. Paul Muhammad, Gilbert Burns. Um, also bet Bilal Muhammad in this fight. This was kind of a bummer. Yeah, not kind of a bummer, a huge bummer. Clearly something was wrong with Gilbert Burns, which sucks. Um, but sometimes these things happen. So it was this this fight that, you know, you, I think we both said it could have ended up being boring if Bilal Muhammad had his way. Well, Bilal Muhammad had his way not only in the fight but on the health-wise because clearly Burns had something wrong with something was going on. And uh, Bilal apparently gets a title shot eventually. Yeah, it uh... – from what I heard, it was Gilbert Burns tore something in his left shoulder on that fir- that takedown attempt in the first round. Mm. So very first round, that's why he never threw again with his left after after the first round. Clearly, so, yeah, and very clearly was nursing it. Yeah, exactly. And Bilal and made made Bilal look like uh, Wonder Boy or something out there with the striking. Like he didn't even have to go to the takedowns because he's able to just kind of sit there and. You know, he could make a uh, a stand-up fight boring. So, you know, <laughs> this dude's the top-of-the-line boring in the UFC here, Bilal Muhammad is. Like, even in even in a striking, a five-round striking match, he uh, managed, manages to put you to sleep, so. Yeah, um, and as much as nobody wanted it, like, he gets the next title shot after Colby Covington, so. Jesus. Um, but you could easily see, especially being that far away, I could easily see Dana being like, oh, we're changing our plans. Yeah, you never know, right? Exactly. Somebody has a big performance and whatnot, and uh, and Bilal might have to uh, win another one. So we can only hope. I mean, either way, I don't think uh, I don't think a fight against either Leon Edwards or Colby Covington goes well for Bilal Muhammad. So 
God forbid I have to see Bilal Muhammad as champion. Um, <laughs> that would just be that'd oh, be man. one of the all time bummers for me as uh, someone holding the belt. So yeah, speaking of Dana, real quick off the topic, off subject here, but how bad does he want Marab and Aljo to fight each other? Oh, it's so <laughs> what bad, is wrong dude. With this guy, man. <laughs> yeah, he wants to break up the friendship, like. He, yeah, he just wants to drive a wedge in between the two and uh, make some sort of promos out of it, some some bad blood. He wants these guys to fight so bad, like, but they're not going to do it, but he wants it to happen. All right, Jessica Andrade, Jan Jan Shanan. Um, we both picked Andrade. Jan Shanan knocked her out with a really solid shot. Uh, didn't see it coming. I didn't think uh, – I don't think – have we seen really – I know we saw Zhang Wei Li like steamroll Jessica Andrade one time. Um, I don't know. Jessica Andrade is one of those fighters where sometimes she just doesn't show up. And I think you were saying before we started recording, like she may just be toast. Like she may just be getting collecting checks now. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, it seems like, you know, she made her way to the top, um, you know, super close, and she's on her way down and she doesn't see a path back to. To championship caliber fighting and she's just kind of cashing checks because um i mean she's not even fighting a smart game plan she's just going out there winging punches she didn't really attempt takedowns. she just like left herself open over and over and over again and it was just a matter of time to yanshanan took advantage of it and and she found uh found a home pretty in the first round so um took her out pretty easily like andrade just i don't know she's got to uh I, I don't know, think about if she actually wants to keep fighting, I guess. And otherwise, like, she's name-wise and whatnot, like, she has to fight big names, very big fights, right? So she's not going to have a, a good time if she's just going to throw haymakers against that, against any any woman that has decent striking. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, Crone Gracie, Charles Jordan. Um, Crone Gracie has not improved at all. I don't know what he's been doing for four years, but it has not mm-hmm. been working on striking. Dude, he's a bum. Our boy Air Jordan, though, man. He uh, he went he, into the he went into the uh, went into the trenches, man. He got in his guard and everything. He yeah, got, first time he did it, I'm like, oh shit. And then I'm like, all right, he prepared for this. He was ready for it. So he uh, he I, he looked to show like a. a uh, he was on another level, I think, this fight where um, he actually may have been thinking in the cage instead of just uh, <laughs> just going out there and reacting. So He did say before the fight, he, he, he said, this is do or die for me. If I don't win this fight, I'm probably getting cut. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think he was ready, completely ready. Hopefully he carries this into his next fight and he stops getting, like, brought into just wars. Like, I mean, I, we love to see it, but... Um, I'd like to see. I think he's got a pretty good skill set. I'd like to see him get into that like top ten range or whatnot. I think he's he's got the skills to do it. And if he, uh, you know, maybe takes a step back sometimes instead of continuing to move forward, he uh, he could put a string some wins together. You know. Yeah. What's next for Crone Gracie? You think he's done? Four years off after his first loss, and then he gets speed up the same way or worse the second time around. Yeah, I think what's next for him is uh, to go do some jujitsu seminars. Yeah, living off the family name. Exactly. All right, shocker, absolute shocker, and I can't get over this shocker. Drew Dober, Matt Favola, Matt Favola flatline Drew Dober. Dude, the steamroller, he's uh, he's on it, right? He's just been uh, on another level. He's he's knocking out everybody in the first round. He's he's Wild, clearly dude. he's clearly figured something out because he's he said uh, they started they added a, an extra 
boxing practice to their weekly routine like that's when it all started one boxing practice a week and <laughs> yeah, uh, Tuesdays. yeah one extra tuesday you know so i mean he looked he looked good i mean drew dober he was, was busted up him, yeah, yeah. D- maybe drew dober's maybe we should have seen this coming eventually not this fight because i thought he but like drew dober does get tagged in every single fight but it's like oh he's gonna get tagged and he's gonna be fine but guys who get tagged in every single fight are eventually gonna go out yeah it's a ticking time bomb right so i mean the steamroller Matt Frivola, he, he he was the one who uh, set off the bomb. He took uh, took Drew Dober out. Might have been a tad early on the stoppage. I it thought was we, a tad early, but I man, thought we had a few fights that were a tad early on the stoppage. But the Jessica Andrade one might have been a little early too. There was there's a few that I thought were a little early. Um, nonetheless, uh, Matt Frivola was busting Drew Dober up, and it but was. Drew Dober's. The kind of guy that, like, if he gets through that, he could... Uh, he survives the round, he may have won that fight. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to say if, uh, you know, if it was, in fact, an early stoppage or not. But I, I thought it was a little early for my liking, especially with a guy we know who, who could take a beating, at, like Drew Dober, so... Yeah. Um, not an early stoppage. Kennedy and Chuck Wee versus Devin Clark. That was a uh, little bit of a nice front-side guillotine yeah. choke out. Like... Uh, Shades of John Jones over Loyota Machida there. Yeah, just put him down. Dude, Kenny Jack, well, I'm high on him. Like I said, I think he's, he's, getting, he's got to get rocked before he starts fighting. Yeah, I think he's getting better every fight. He, he dealt with, uh, yeah, he deals with getting hit pretty well, and he uh, he just looks better. He can stop. He's getting better at his uh, takedown defense. He's improving all around. His striking looks better. He kind of went from a, uh, tall gangly kind of guy to now he's putting on some muscle and stuff as well seems yeah. seems to be rounding out well and uh interested to see where he can go for sure in the division yeah he's got good patience in there like he seems like he's got a confident in his game plan now yeah definitely you know he looks absolutely jacked in all the ufc stock photos they use and he is jacked but they make him look about double yeah, he looks way skinnier he, when he gets yeah out there. exactly Which he has to be skinny because he's got like an 85 inch reach and he's like super tall and he's fighting at 205 so um yeah if he was any bigger he wouldn't be able to get in make weight but yeah his arms look skinny when he's in the cage yeah. compared to outside of it but yeah i mean he was he's looked good he's come a long way i think he was pretty green when he came into the ufc and now he's got uh now he's got uh confidence in his game all around um marina rodriguez veering agenda roba uh we were both on marina rodriguez i thought We've seen Jandaroba get beat up by strikers before, and she just was able to have her way with uh, Rodriguez until maybe a little way through the third round, Rodriguez started to land some shots, but for the most part, it was pretty much dominance for Virna Jandaroba. Yeah, embarrassing if you're Marina Rodriguez, I feel like. It's like, come on. The one thing you have to do is just, like, stay to the outside. Like, don't get put up against the fence and don't get taken down. And she... Like just relented to the pressure of Virna Janandroba every time. Like Janandroba, she just let her walk her down to the cage and then get the takedown and then control her for the rest of the round. It was uh, it was a terrible performance. It's like circle away, use your footwork. You you should have it. Like you're definitely the quicker fighter. You should be lighter on your feet. Virna Janandroba is very plotting and whatnot, but you just let her walk you straight into the cage or let her take it down. It, it was a it was a bad performance. Marina Rodriguez, she wasn't all there. So um, Sets her back. Uh, sets Marina Rodriguez quite, back quite a ways. She's now had two losses in a row. She got knocked out by Amanda Lemos, was it? Yeah, I think so. Which she was A fight she was in that fight, She but now she, and then she gets 
second loss. That's t- it's tough for, for how close she was to a potential title shot. Yeah, exactly. Maybe she's another one of those chokers. Just uh, Yeah, makes it to the top of the mountain and then gets sent back to the bottom. Yeah, exactly. We'll see if she can uh, has a, sustain, a sustained success like Jesus. Uh, um, uh, so Ricky, R- Simone. Ricky Simone. I kept thinking Henry Simone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ricky Simone. We'll see if she can do it three times or something. But uh, not many people can can get that close that many times and completely blow it. No, uh, no. Um, solid card though overall. Not bad. Uh, maybe not like a super card feel, but a pretty solid, pretty solid all around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, with sucks one- without Gilbert Burns being able to really fight. That kind of put a Damn for but the main event was com- super competitive. I was really impressed with Cejudo. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, same here. I thought overall it was a pretty pretty solid card. The offering, I mean, it just lacked the big names, right? Like Aljo and and Cejudo, decent names, but it's one thirty five, and then you didn't have Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns, a late edition, and not quite. I feel like the draw that they would need to take this card to the to the next level. Yeah. But then you just have solid fights like all yeah, there the were rest of the of, way. So. There were a lot of solid fights. There were a lot of good fights. Um, yeah, it was a very even, even, evenly high-level high card. So not too bad. Um, yeah, so we can wrap that up, and we'll move on to our segments real quick. Uh, I guess it's my turn to go first this week. We got our – isn't he awesome? I got Hasbula. Um, free my boy. He's in Russian – oh, he's on house arrest now, but he was uh, – Is it at, the Gulag? Uh, no, Hasbula, dude, the little guy. Yeah, the gulag, the Russian gulag. Yeah, he was the gulag. Yeah, he was um, illegal street racing. Legally street racing a stroller or what? <laughs> yeah, go kart. No, he's in. No. He's super into cars. I've seen interviews where he says like the only thing he cares about is business and cars. Really? And he also said in that same interview, if he was ever in power, he would first thing he would do is arrest all his enemies. <laughs> But apparently he was street racing, and all, him and all his boys got uh, take, taken in and booked, and now he's on house arrest. Street racing real real cars? I think he does have some sort of, like, modified vehicles that he can drive. I don't know. That's pretty wild. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine seeing Hezbollah zooming past you on the road? Like, imagine being the cop that had to put him in cuffs. Fucking fast and furious. <laughs> yeah. Do they make cuffs? They probably had to use zip ties. The funniest thing is, like, all his boys were there, too. Like, he had to arrest his whole crew. Jesus Christ. Are they a crew of equally small people? Or? No, dude. They're just grown men hanging out with a very small, very small grown man. <laughs> yeah. You think they picked him up and carried him to the car? Or do you think they let him walk himself? Uh, well, they had to pick him up to place him into the car, especially if it was an SUV. Car seat or no car, car seat? The guy needs a car seat. It's dangerous. Otherwise, Maybe it's illegal. You're breaking the law by bringing him in without a car seat. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Maybe he's got a way out if they. Then they again, did not yeah, have a car seat for They him. put him in danger by not strapping into a car seat. I don't, I don't think they care then about that Russia. Russia. I don't think you're going to really be able to do anything. They probably, mm. some some try-hard cop arrested him, and they got to the station. They are probably like, no, 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 we don't arrest this guy. Yeah, exactly. This is Hezbollah, man. Is what are you doing? Of, this is the king of Dagestan. Yeah, anybody who can street race who is that size should just be allowed to street race. Yeah, so free my boy. Uh, he didn't do nothing wrong. Um and hopefully he's back. He's back cage side soon. It'd be hilarious if he uh, shared a cell with Brittany Griner or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine being in jail and Hasbulla comes strolling in. Yeah, just stay in jail. Like... That little high pitched voice, <laughs> yeah. fighting back. Jesus. Yeah, put him in the wrong cell though, and he could be in big trouble. Oh yeah. 
Anyhow, yeah, free Hasbula. Um, can't can't have him keep him down for too long. Call it this week. I got the. Uh, did you see the Nate Diaz Jake Paul press conference? I did not. I'll have to check it out. How was it? Um, I didn't watch all, but there was this one super douchey guy that tried to make a name for himself by. It was clearly some sort of setup with like a, he worked for that better better app that uh, Jake Paul like is like a co-owner of or something. Basically, he did this like thing where he was acting like he was at. He did like the. Uh, do you remember the guy that asked Eddie Alvarez the question, and then it was actually this undercover Conor McGregor fan proposing as a journalist. Oh yeah, I think so. This was basically a guy that did that. He was an undercover Jake Paul fan posing as a journalist, and then he said something about like he wants to fight his brother Nick Diaz, and if he's anything like Nate, he'll he thinks he'll knock him out or something. Anyways, then the guy got online and did a fake apology and claims he sent sent a. Uh, sent a contract, something, whatever. It's all clearly some sort of nonsense, but um, just cringy, just terrible. Um, total total clown. I'll see if I can pull it up because it was just, it's not good. Yeah, it sounds like. It's just the total try-hard behavior that. Uh, I mean, what do you expect from these YouTubers, though, you know? That's exactly <laughs> they They're hurting themselves. They're hurting themselves with this stuff because they. Yeah, that one guy. Everybody that goes that Nate, Nate Diaz has been getting shut down lately. So, oh, um, Nate Diaz. Those the clips I did see. Oh, Nate. The way Nate Diaz handled it was so funny too. He's like, "Dude, what are you doing? You know, all my boys can see you right now." <laughs> he's dude, like, what are you doing? You think you're just gonna go walk around and say this stuff? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you seen what we did to uh, the Logan Paul lookalike <laughs> oh, yeah. in New Orleans? You know. Yeah, and I guess speaking of a call, I guess Logan Paul reached out to that guy and said he would like pay for his uh pay for him to try to sue nate diaz what is up with that man that's just lame gee he would pay for him to try to sue nate diaz because what he got embarrassed online like what is that hurt his credibility as a youtuber if anything it made him more money than you know could possibly the exposure alone from him getting put to yeah. sleep by nate diaz is worth first of all if you're a freaking logan paul impersonator you deserve to be put a, put back to sleep every <laughs> yeah. single day you get out of bed that is the goofiest thing ever guys <laughs> that yeah that's embarrassing but i i don't think people know how nate diaz pre- i think they thought that pre- everyone always thinks the press conferences are going to be because usually something crazy happens like but it's not like nate just wants to sit up there and talk shit to people back and forth like he's not like a natural entertainer that way he says funny stuff but you need like a smart guy like you need somebody like connor on the other side to make the press conferences work yeah and they just don't people just don't realize that they're like oh nate diaz in a press conference is gonna be awesome but he's not like i think the masvidal fight was a perfect example because masvidal is not good at it either so they were just sitting there like awkwardly yeah exactly nate definitely needs his uh he needs the dance partner to kind of lead the uh lead the dance and then he uh he can uh follow follow up with some uh some good stuff but if you if you expect him to uh to be the leading man at the press conference you're in, in, in some trouble yeah and i think people that don't really know him they're just like oh yeah this guy like loves talking crap and stuff and it's like he doesn't really go out of his way to do it so <laughs> no. so anyhow still crazy that that boxing match is even happening but it looks like it's uh it's uh the wheels have been set in motion so what do you got this week all right isn't he awesome we got uh triple c henry cejudo uh, in the loss, still got to give him the isn't he awesome? Um, he's kind of uh, I he's grown on you, dude. He's you grown on me. He was on the. Uh, it's because you just saw him in real life. Yeah, ever since I saw his, uh, you know, he's just like a slightly bigger version of Hezbollah when you see him in real life. <laughs> That's true. And uh, yeah, ever since I see, you know, I think he's been uh, 
he's been growing on me i'm starting to become a a fan of his so i want to see him again definitely um i think they said someone pitched him in the uh, post-fight press conference that uh since um marab isn't willing to fight um aljo that while aljo fights um o'malley uh cejudo should fight marab so i think that'd be pretty sick and then if uh you know if cejudo beats marab then you should get the automatic rematch then for if i mean uh, assuming sterling wins then he gets to to rematch (laughs) yeah he could be the champion right now like how crazy is that take three years off come back fight a new champion a totally different generation of fighter and still arguably win the fight yeah exactly so he, he looked good he i think said all the right things uh kind of left it a, i thought he was retiring the gloves were off so but then then he didn't so um i i, I like the idea of the marab fight i think i think zahudo beats marab actually it's a probably a better matchup for him because the side they're some little closer in size they have a little he's gonna have a striking advantage um the wrestling's gonna be similar if if not advantage to Cejudo because yeah Cejudo is going to be able to kind of shuck Marab off of him instead of just letting him just keep him up against the cage 24 7 I think so yeah it makes me wonder too because honestly I thought I thought Cejudo was kind of like running from Peter Yan at one point Peter Yan's not even a bad matchup for uh Cejudo even like not at this point that's for sure (laughs) no so yeah I mean it just it kind of solidifies him as like he had some weird wins get on his way to the top that made me wonder if he was really getting lucky or he was really as good as he was but he's oh uh, the one thing i always have never never taken credit away from him he's always found a way to win um so the guy's a grinder and uh yeah i was i was super surprised by his uh way he was able to put it together on saturday definitely and then uh i already gave him a little shout out when we did the breakdown but uh or the recap but kennedy and Ejekwu, like i said always getting better uh, interested to see where he goes in the division. I think um, I think he, you know, few fights away from um, you know starting to really contend in the division. So we'll see what he can do. But we'll move on to the callouts here. Uh, we'll do. We talked about it a little bit. Derek Cleary, what are you doing? Scoring the fifth round for for Aljo. It's absolutely embarrassing. We need to get some accountability on the judges here. Um, talked about it a little bit with the. Um, with the take of the week here, but Aljamain Sterling um, going down on all fours like a dog should just be illegal. We need to get rid of that. Yeah, um, I hate that. He, yeah, I mean, Peter Yan should, uh, they should retroactively give him the title back for, um, you know, after we've seen that he's just trying to bait fighters into uh, kneeing him in the head. So, um, and last but not least, uh, Crone Gracie, you know, what, the hell are you doing competing in mma fights much less in the ufc uh the guy took three years off and um didn't seem to work on his striking uh or wrestling whatsoever so like i don't know what he did in these three years you would think like you know you compete in mma you realize your striking isn't up to par you take three years off you're coming back because you worked on it right but apparently he just continued to do jiu-jitsu for three years and and thought things would go different this time around and uh it clearly didn't so um it's it's time for uh you know i don't know if this is a crazy idea or anything but maybe he should just uh stick to the jiu-jitsu and and stop taking mma fights so yeah he's done he's toast clearly he does not want to be in an actual fight like he would he would much rather 
um, you know, just roll around and choke each other. So nothing is worse though when a guy just keeps when a guy a jujitsu guy has basically given up on the fight and they're just all they want to do is just Dude, pull guard. It's the most embarrassing thing yeah, it's in pathetic. MMA. It looks so pathetic. Yeah, it 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 has to be. At least for me, I get like embarrassed for the person. Like, yeah, I would just be like, I would rather throw in the towel than just sit and butt scoot towards the a person. The guy that uh, I don't remember his name. He he, Dan Hooker beat him, but Claudio Puelas. Oh yeah, remember how bad and he was just like, or even uh, Ryan Hall has done it a couple yeah. times where it's like they're getting embarrassed, so then they and just they just start Imanari rolling or yeah. something over and over again. Yeah, and, and it's just like nothing looks worse. Now, are they dangerous? Yes. Would they? Would they? rip my leg off sure but like it's like the worst it's like the most yeah it's like embarrassing yeah the first time you do an mnr roll it's surprising it's and it might work it works yeah but when you've tried it for the fifth time in the same fight it's never it comes less like <laughs> yeah. after the first time it drops off a cliff of how likely it is that you are going to hit the Imanari roll. Like they see it coming from a mile away. Like it's only going to work if you do, if it works the first time, it's not a spammable technique. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. But no. uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I got. All right, then let's jump into our preview here. We got uh, UFC fight night on ABC. You said, do you know, is this one in a live venue or is this at the Apex? Yeah, it's in Charlotte. Charlotte, this is what I love. And it's on during the day. Main card starts at noon here. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, number one, I love when fight nights are in, like, mid-market cities. Charlotte, that's a great mid-market city for – it's actually borderline major market, but, like, it's small enough that it's a perfect fight night venue. So Yeah, I think so. I like that already, um, and I like that the fight nights are on the road. So, honestly, a pretty interesting – And you like the daytime cards. I do. Big fan of the daytime cards. Pretty interesting. Um, the two events at the top of the card here. Uh, I guess we'll start with. It's uh, is Smith Walker the main event? Yeah. No. We'll start, it's, it's not. It's not. Rosenstrike versus Almeida is the main event. Oh, d- okay. Yeah, I so think. Best, best Fight Odds just says it backwards. I'm pretty sure, unless it changed recently. I was only saying that because Best yeah, Fight yeah. Odds says Smith Walker. UFC has it listed as Rosenstrike versus Almeida. I, I have seen that. So we'll. It's Rosenstrike versus Almeida. That's the correct one. Um, so we'll start with them. Jelton Almeida is minus 500 against Jarzinho Rosenstrike, plus 360. Je- from what we've seen to this point, Jelton Almeida, we have no reason to doubt what he's capable of doing. Jarzinho Rosenstrike can only win a fight if you're going to stand there and let him punch you, which I don't really see Jelton Almeida doing. Have we ever seen Rosenstrike on the ground? Do we know if he has any ground game at all? Not really. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, Curtis Blades. Didn't Curtis Blades take him down a bunch of times and beat him by decision? But didn't do much, just took him down. Yeah. Um, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, Jarzino is dangerous if he can punch you. And he's, some, and he's another guy where, like, he does find a way to land that punch. But, man, to this point, Almeida has looked – I don't know. Minus 500 sucks. Like, I don't want to put minus 500 on jail and Almeida. But I, I find it hard uh, – I don't really find myself really – doubting that he wins this fight yeah that's where i'm at so i'd like i'm looking at this card there's like two ways to approach it like yeah i think most of the favorites are gonna win but like also i can see past the victory for every single dog and like some of them are substantially bigger dogs than like i feel like they should be but then again it's like all right i think Almeida should win this but then it's like Man, Rosen strike at plus three sixty. Like I'm, I'm back minus only 500. the very top of the division for the last five years versus Almeida, who's fairly new. Yeah, the only thing is like 
Curtis Blades, we've seen, like, he doesn't have very good top control, and Jarzino Rosenstrike didn't get up really when when Curtis Blades took him down. So I think if Almeida takes him down, he's going to stay down. Um, I, I don't know. It's five rounds. I don't know who that favors. We really haven't seen much of Jailton Almeida outside the, the first round. Um, yeah. I think he went into the second round in his last fight, but I think it was pretty quick into the second and ended. I mean, Rosenstrike, though, he's just got that power, and Almeida, he, he gets aggressive to get those takedowns, right? So if he leaves an opening, um, Rosenstrike can take you out, but it's just like Rosenstrike is also pretty timid where he's not going to throw unless he does find the opening. So, um, yeah, I, I you know, you got to pick Almeida here, but if, like, I wouldn't blame anyone if you just want to chase dogs on this card. There's plenty you can do it on, and I'll kind of tell you the ones that I think uh, – that I think the favorite's probably going to win, but if you're if you're into just wanting to try to make some plus money, like this Rosenstrike by knockout or something might not be bad, and there's a few other ones. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, <clears throat> Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker, another very interesting fight. Anthony Smith is actually a, currently a minus 115 favorite. Johnny Walker plus 105 or minus 105. Not that I doubt Anthony Smith in this fight. I'm just surprised because Johnny Walker usually gets the the favorable or not favorable. He usually gets the odds makers usually like Johnny Walker more more than me. Um, and usually Anthony, I don't know if Anthony Smith usually gets. We've gotten some good odds on Anthony Smith lately. I w- I guess I just wish Anthony Smith was an underdog here because I would probably pick him to win. Yeah, I think you're mixing it up. I think we've gotten good odds against Anthony Smith, like Glover Teixeira as a big underdog against him, and but we got Anthony Smith as an underdog against Ryan Spann. Oh That's yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Or did we just pick him by submission? I think maybe. I know we him. picked him by submission because he was like plus five, plus six hundred or something. Seemed like an obvious call. Um, this could be another one, maybe Anthony Smith best submission here. I don't know what the line would be, but, um, but Johnny Walker's looked pretty good lately too. It's it's hard to. This is a tough one because. Yeah, he's looked good, but here's like, so it's he's t- another guy who gets to the top of the mountain sometimes. And Johnny Walker, he TKO'd Paul Craig in his last fight. Like, come on, it's like every anybody on the roster can TKO Paul Craig standing as long as like TKO'd you don't Paul him. Craig and submitted Ian Kudalaba. Kudalaba. Yeah. like two two bozos. Yeah, two bozos for sure. So Anthony Smith is he's a lot of things. He's not a bozo though. So. Um, <laughs> he's going to be smart in this fight it's like also are we seeing johnny walker is he still with um what uh kavanaugh is he's, he's still I with kavanaugh is, yeah if he's still with kavanaugh I, I think i'm going anthony smith on this one if we see uh, johnny walker i think he needs to be the wild man to win this fight if he comes out as the wild man i think he could he could beat anthony smith because we've seen guys take it to anthony smith by just starting on him quick right but um if he's if he's this set, sitting back type of striking at range guy that he's tried to be in a few recent fights, then I don't think he beats Anthony Smith that way. I, that's a fight that I think Anthony Smith wins. So um, I'm going to go Anthony Smith, but this one is a coin flip. Yeah, and I think it's as much as we've – Anthony Smith easily has the worst tattoos in all of MMA, and I've held that against him his whole career. But he is a guy that usually comes in with a smart game plan. He's not smart about game planning what he – ink he puts on his body but he's smart about <laughs> game planning fights yeah so i think uh i think he'll come up with a better game plan he's surprisingly durable he's also surprisingly um well-rounded he's extremely well-rounded yep exactly so i mean we've seen him take some crazy beatings glover to being one of the worst of all time oh god but 
since then he's been uh, pretty solid he's lost some fights but he he's always in them except for that one where he hurt his knee against i don't remember who that was with uh jimmy crude or something or yeah. jimmy crude hurt his knee against anthony smith i believe so yeah but anyways anthony smith down to fight anybody uh anthony smith hurt his knee against uh uh Iev, i believe yep yep so You're right. the guy's down to fight anybody he's been in there with a lot of people and he's always uh for the most part put up a good fight so I think uh, I think the safe call is Anthony Smith, and that's not a horrible line if you like him. Um, D. Rod, Daniel Rodriguez versus Ian Machado, Gary. Ian Gary minus three hundred. Rodriguez plus two forty. Um, there was a time when I would pick D. Rod in a lot of fights just because he was kind of underrated and flew under the radar, but he looked terrible in his last fight. And uh, I think uh, Ian Gary has been, other than getting rocked in his last fight, which he's gotten rocked in a couple fights. He does look like uh, a guy that's kind of coming around and showed some real promise. I minus three hundred still kind of sucks, but I mean this is a winnable fight for him. Yeah, I'm. This is another one. Like I said, I saw a few fights that I'd compare with, like the Rosenstrike for Salmita, and this is another one where I think Gary wins this fight, but minus three hundred seems like a steep price for a guy that we know has some holes in his game. Going up against a veteran like Daniel Rodriguez, the pros we have for Ian Gary, he's quicker, right? He's pretty dynamic striking. Um, he's going to be able to beat Daniel Rodriguez to the punch, who seems like he's just been getting slower every time we see him out yeah. there. Um, he's getting older and slower every time we see him. So Gary has that advantage. But at the same time, Rodriguez, he does land with some power sometimes. He's not like a one-shot finisher, but he can he can tag you. And Ian Gary... Um, with as good as his striking has looked, he's also shown that he leaves some openings for guys. And, uh, yeah. and I mean, Daniel Rodriguez is a better striker than a lot of the guys that have recently tagged Ian Gary. Like, who was it? Song Kanan, maybe, or someone yeah, in his last hurt fight? Him, hurt him, <laughs> hurt him bad. Yeah. Ending that fight. Daniel Rodriguez ends that fight if he, if he puts Ian Gary in that same position. So that's, that's why, like, I, I think Ian Gary, like, he should win this fight. Like I said, I think he is on the up and coming and daniel rodriguez is on the way down but it's one of those ones where daniel rodriguez could catch him so if if you're chasing dogs you go daniel rodriguez but if you're uh if you're trying to lay chalk i mean ian gary he's more than likely gonna win i just don't love the minus 300 i just keep waiting so with a lot of the young guys i keep waiting for them to just run into it a awkward matchup that just doesn't work out for them and then it's like oh i didn't see this coming total like 30 27 for d-rod type of situation where like it happens to a lot of the young guys eventually they run into like just a, a bad matchup for them yeah and I, like you can't ever see it coming but when it happens you're like oh that we should have seen that coming exactly i don't i don't think this is going to be one where you see a 30 27 just because but i think it is one where we could see like you know ian gary get a knockdown or knocked out and yeah kind of winning just, the fight yeah yeah i could see that um you mentioned d-rod being slow he is slow but the next four guys we're about to talk about are possibly four of the slowest guys ever in the UFC. <laughs> yeah, currently, for sure. <laughs> I think uh, maybe ever. First one, Tim Means. Um, Tim Means fighting Alex Morono. Alex Morono minus 225. Tim Means plus 180. Ah, man, Alex Morono was kind of on a little run there for a little bit himself, but he's looked like not great in his last few fights. I don't remember who he recently fought that beat him up really bad. Was um, it Santiago Ponzinibbio knocked him out? in his last fight possibly or yeah it might have been um i don't know morono not fast but he's the fastest of the next of the of the four guys we're about to talk about tim means one of the slowest guys but 
He's managed to be effective, though. Like he's And he's always around that plus 180 underdog range, and he's been effective. But I don't know here. I think I'd probably go Alex Morono just because these guys are both like durable veteran guys, and they both kind of have the same game plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Alex Morono, while neither of them are young, Alex Morono has, has less fight miles on him, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and it was Santiago Ponzinibbio that knocked out um, Alex Morono in his last fight. You I know mean, what? Ponzinibbio, Morono might have been winning that fight. Yeah, I think he was, and then he got KO'd, yeah. So um, before that, Morono was on a little bit of a run with wins over Semmelsberger, Mickey Gall, David Zawada, and Donald Cerrone, but none of them super impressive. Um, Semmelsberger maybe being the most impressive. Yeah, um, Cerrone's last fight, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, Morono, I think he's better right now. Tim Means at his best is is beats Alex Morono, but we got an older Tim Means here. Um, he seems like he's he's worn down a little bit, right? He, he doesn't seem to be able to go the distance like he like he used to, and um, I don't know. He could win this fight. This is another one where you could take a dog shot on Tim Means, but I I think at minus two twenty five, Alex Morono, probably the pick. All right. Well, that was the uh, the preview to the slow. The these guys actually are the two slowest guys possibly in UFC history. Court McGee minus two twenty five, Matt Brown plus one eighty five. In one time and one place, I actually thought both of these guys were retired. But yeah. at one time, I would have been loved Matt Brown here. Um, obviously, a legend, but plus twenty five now, I think for good reason. Court McGee has been has aged into his old slow phase better than Matt Brown. Court McGee found has found a way to be effective as an old slow fighter, and Matt Brown really hasn't. He'll probably land one or two really good shots, but I think uh, I think Court McGee will be able to. Uh, survive three rounds and get a decision win here yeah i mean matt brown he's just they're both old but he i think he he's showing it worse than court mcgee although they both are showing it um i think the big advantage court mcgee has in this fight is is the wrestling and the takedowns he's a grinder yeah if he he's able to grind matt brown if he takes him down he he wins the fight so yeah you got to go court mcgee um if he if they decide to stand and trade it, it gets close to a 50 50 but um if court mcgee mixes in the takedowns he he wins the fight so we're going court mcgee with this one were these guys both on the ultimate fighter i yeah at one point i don't know were they in the same season or i know they I were both know. on the ultimate fighter for sure but yeah i don't know Two court like mcgee a, lost right in the championship fight i think season so. i think so yeah yeah um yeah, they've both been around a long, long time. So, All right, got Cody Stamen, minus 165. Douglas Silva, DeAndrage, plus 135. Uh, one thing I'll say about Douglas Silva, DeAndrage, guy so, looks like a Ninja Turtle. Dude, he's jacked. His back is – he's on steroids. Like, how is he passing drug tests? Yeah. He actually has a Ninja Turtle shell for a back. Yeah, he's uh, he's an absolute monster. And to go with – I'll just put it out there. I'm going Douglas Silva, DeAndrage in this one. I think Cody Stamen's overrated. Um, I've never been very impressed with Cody Stamen's fight game. It's just been he's a good he's a solid enough wrestler that he if he's he's able to grind out some wins, but he's they, really like is he even he's not even ranked. I don't think he's even ranked. He was. I don't know if he is anymore. But uh, Douglas Silva Day and Drage, The reason I like him in this fight is he's so jacked and low to the ground. I think he'll be able to stuff a decent amount of Cody Stamen's takedowns and. If he is able to keep this standing, um, you know, on the feet, I think he wins this fight. Stamen, 
you know, he lands more volume. He does not have knockout power. Judges seem to be judging more towards power than than volume as of late. So I think Andrade will land some bigger shots, steal some rounds, possibly not Cody Stamen out. Cody Stamen's had a pretty good chin, though, so mm-hmm. um, I think it'll probably go to decision. But you never know. Andrade, dude, he's jacked, and he's got power. So you could knock any, power. he could knock anybody out. He so. usually lands a good punch in every fight. Yeah, exactly. So... I like him. Just those low center of gravity jack guys tend to be able to to stop stop wrestlers for the most part. I mean, he could get put on his back. I don't know, but um, uh, Cody Stamen has has a tough fight ahead of him, and I think you go take a slight underdog here. All right, we got one fighter to watch, and it's Chase the Vanilla Gorilla Sherman. He's a plus three fifty underdog against Carl Williams, who I don't know, who's minus four fifty favorite. Chase Sherman has a huge head. He's extremely hittable. Um, he's been cut from the UFC at least six times. Yeah, they, the UFC. I don't know if they're. I think they're going to stop cutting him because I think <laughs> they, they just. Can't, they have to bring him back every yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. What's the point of cutting him anymore? Because eventually they need a short notice replacement, and Chase Sherman always says yes. So they just. <laughs> it, they might as well just keep him on the roster for good until he retires, just so whenever they need somebody to fill in, they can just call him up and. That looks come. like what's going on here. Who's Carl Williams? He's a. He must be. I mean, to be fair to Chase Sherman, like, he's a serviceable heavyweight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one thing is he doesn't really have knockout power. He has, he has to have a – he lands vol- – when he wins, it's a war with volume that he ends up just kind of breaking the other guy. But um, he gets broken in the process too. <laughs> so it's not – I'm not sure how sustainable his uh, his current career trajectory is. He's still is, been doing but, it. He's, staying, he's hanging in there after all these years. It must, yeah. must be working. Yeah, he went from, like, one of the COVID kings to, well, you know, where he's just fighting a ton to getting cut, to coming back, to getting cut, to coming back. and No one's seems, been cut more. Seems like he's here to stay now. So um, they'll keep giving him fights. Like, they give him a lot of uh, lot of winnable fights for being one of the worst heavyweights on the <laughs> roster. But uh, I guess, I don't know Carl Williams, but I guess they don't think this one's winnable for him. So Doesn't look like it. All but right. And he's pulled off here? some big upsets before, so you never know what – the vanilla gorilla. He can yeah. fight enough. You never know. Yeah, he can come through. All right. Anything else here that uh, you want to go over? I don't think Brian Battles on it uh, against Gabe Green. Um, Jessica Rose Clark in a pick'em fight. She's gonna. I mean, just a historic choker. Also yeah, a historic choker. Yeah, I don't know who Lisbo is. <laughs> Lisboa could be any female fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I think she subscribes to Jessica Andrade's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> well, who wouldn't? It's a great value. Um, yeah, uh, solid card. What happened to ABC? Why are we just now? It's got to be like we go a whole over a year without an ABC card. And they just popped this one in out of nowhere. Yeah, so I don't know. It's during the day. Is that because maybe the NBA playoffs are at night or in the afternoon or, you know, I feel like you have I feel like they throw stuff on ABC when ABC doesn't have the rights to some other big playoffs or something, they yeah. throw a they throw a UFC card on ABC. Is what it seems like they've been doing as of late. Yeah, it seemed like something they were going to do more often. I thought I heard that they were, and then they just they it went away. But either way, we'll be tuning in. And if you have uh, even just any basic cable with an antenna or basic antenna free TV, you can get this uh, card. So no reason not to be watching, but. Um, yeah, so anything before we wrap it up? No, I think that's it. All right, then. We'll be uh, tuning in, and either way, we'll be back to recap next week. So good luck on your picks. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all next week. Peace.
boys in his tennis like, let me buy that. The broke boys in his tennis like, let me try that. I need a piece.